0: Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at FUMCBentonville.org. or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok.
1: Is God bad at math? The reason that I ask this is because there are honestly some very questionable numbers at work in some of the Bible. For instance, uh, was it 4,000 people fed with loaves and fishes? Was it 5,000 people fed? Was it 5,000 men and they forgot to count the women and children? Um, And what about... Noah. If you've ever sat down and actually read that story, we always talk about it being forty days and forty nights, but if you read it, was it forty days and forty nights, or was it 150 days, or was it nine months, or like there's all kinds of crazy numbers at work there. But the reason that I, I raise this question of whether God is bad at math or not is because it seems to me that we have this usual mathematical equation of 1 plus 1 plus 1, and typically that equals 3, right? But when God is revealing to us the Trinity, it's 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 1? Honestly, it really just doesn't add up, right? Well, this is one of the complicated things. I mean, understanding god is really beyond our comprehension understanding god is is beyond all of us and it doesn't help that we have these kind of complicated math equations to work with but then on the other hand there are some simple ways to talk about god some of those ways are more helpful than others Some of the ways that we talk about the Trinity, some of the ways that we talk about this equation of 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 3 seem to be helpful ways, but in fact actually don't really capture the Trinity well for us. So let's spend some time talking about the Trinity and ways that we talk about the Trinity that maybe seem helpful at first, but in fact have some problems to them. Problems not terribly unlike the problems we have with this math equation so when we're looking at the first of the ways that sometimes we talk about the trinity that's not always exactly right um i was talking with brooke and we were trying to come up with ideas of things that exist in threes and she she pointed out the buckyball here at um at crystal bridges and the only thing was she said there's just two balls there and i I said, yeah, that's kind of tough. I said, well, I could take a ball out there. She goes, no, 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 no! I get it. This is what it is. It sits on the ball that is the earth. And I thought that was absolutely genius. And it was particularly genius for illustrating um, the particular uh, thing that I wanted to talk about today, which is one way we talk about the Trinity is as if there was a first, a second, and a third piece of the trinity um it's a it's a heresy sometimes referred to as subordinationism Um, and it's this idea that one piece of the trinity came first then there was another piece that came second then another piece that came third and usually we think of that as the creator god sometimes god the father is how how we refer to uh, that that part and then jesus and then the holy spirit but the problem with that is that Um, It's not that one is greater than the others, right? They are, in fact, all together and all one and all existed together at the same time from the very beginning. There's a couple of different uh, scripture passages that help us to understand that. One is the very first chapter of Genesis uh, when uh, God is present and breathes over the waters and then speaks creation into existence. Um, that is a representation of that Creator God, of the Spirit breathing over the waters, and of the Word. And that points to the opening of, of the Gospel of John when we talk about the, the Word was God and the Word was with God from all eternity. Uh, so it's not that one exists over the other. Um, It's sometimes what's problematic about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uh, because it implies that the Father came first, then there was the Son, and then there was the Holy Spirit. The way people um, navigate around that is that to say that you can't be a father without having a a child, that it's the very presence of the child that makes you a father. Um, That kind of leaves the Holy Spirit still hanging out there, though, and that's one of the things that we struggle with uh, whenever we're talking about the Trinity in those terms. So while these are wonderful representations of threes, uh, the ball of the earth and the two balls here and and the buckyball, they're not exactly accurate because they are different sizes and because it does imply that, that one is greater than the others. So another way we sometimes talk about the Trinity is in terms of what each element of the Trinity does. Um, And to use that, to think about that, uh, I thought we would look at the illustration of seasons, which thankfully in Arkansas, I can shoot two seasons in the same week. Winter is a season in which the earth comes to rest. It comes to restore itself and prepare for the seasons that are ahead, like spring. Uh, When everything comes back to life, when, when new life emerges and the beginnings of the food that will nourish us are peeping out of the ground, moving into summer where the fullness of that life comes to be and then into the fall where we get the harvest and we also then get uh, the preparation for winter um, as the earth lets go of some things. Uh, Those are, and I I realize that there are four seasons so it doesn't work exactly for Trinity, but um, we talk about the seasons in terms of the four roles that they play, the four parts they play in in the whole of a year. Uh, Sometimes we talk about the Trinity in the same way you might have heard reference to Creator, Redeemer, Counselor, which is um, this idea that there was um, one Creator, uh, the the Creator part of God, then the Redeemer, who is usually associated with Jesus, who restores that relationship between God and us, and then Counselor, the Holy Spirit, who um, walks with us, who carries us, who equips us for a life of discipleship. Um, and in one way, that's a that's a useful way to talk about the Trinity, but the problem with it is that it seems to imply that each piece of the Trinity couldn't do the other parts of the work so so only the first part of the Trinity could do could could be a creator when we in fact know that the Holy Spirit, for instance, is an incredibly creative uh, force among us, or that Only when Jesus came was there redemption, when in fact um, redemption is God's work all throughout uh, creation, all throughout the the biblical story, and is exhibited in all kinds of ways uh, through the Trinity. So when we talk in those terms, when we talk in terms of each part of the Trinity having jobs or having a certain mode that they do, that is the, the heresy that is sometimes referred to as modalism. And that's the challenge in using a Trinitarian formula formula like Creator, Redeemer, and Counselor is that it seems to imply that each of the entities are limited in the scope of what they can do and that's not the case. Um, I will say that uh, the very first time I went before the District Committee on Ordained Ministry to start pursuing a life in ministry. Um, I talked about God in terms of Creator, Redeemer, Counselor. Um, while I was in the midst of that, I um, was actually accused by one of the committee members of heresy. So I do t- take a little bit of pride in starting out my journey in ministry, being accused of being a heretic. I didn't know what I was what I was doing that was that was quote unquote wrong. Um, but it would take uh, going to seminary to to discern that. Uh, but now I understand that what it was was just assigning different jobs to different parts of the Trinity. And again, sometimes that's helpful language to use, but we've got to think about it in terms of describing all of the Trinity and not individual uh, individual um, representations. So if those ways of talking about the Trinity have their issues, how can we talk about the Trinity in a useful way and how can we really understand the Trinity well again full understanding is really beyond our comprehension but I think one of the things that we can take as um, comfort is that Jesus comes and reveals so much of what is complicated about God to us in ways that we can grasp and we have it here in the passage that was read earlier we have it in this passage in which Jesus challenges to go out and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that harkens back to Jesus' own baptism when he comes up out of the water as a dove has descended. The dove is a representation of the Spirit. Jesus is present, and then God announces, this is my Son in whom I find great joy. That moment reveals for us the presence of all three all three in union with one another, all three present in the same moment, all three active in that reality as well. So when I look for a helpful representation, believe it or not, I actually look to a fidget spinner. (laughs) Fidget spinners, which by the way, I asked our our children and youth directors if they had any fidget spinners, actually I asked the whole staff, and um, Alexi responded by saying um, fidget spinners are out. Um, and poppets are in. And by the way, I I got a fidget spinner that's got poppets. So haha, I'm not completely out of the out of the cool realm. But the reason that I love the fidget spinner is that it has three that are basically they're they're identical, right? I mean, I know this one has three different colors, but they're they're basically identical, and um, they uh, they work together. And when you spin them, when you get that that full movement. You get that full motion of the full reality of God. And that's really what we need to claim is that in any given moment, God is present in God's full reality for us. Uh, We may struggle to have the words to really explain that. In fact, how do you explain having God present in your life? But I think this representation really captures it for us, as simple as it may be. And that moment with Jesus, when Jesus is baptized, represents that reality for us as well. The three fully united as one. The three in perfect union and unity and relationship together as one. Revealing all of the beauty and glory and colors of creation um, all together. Now, no matter how we talk about the Trinity, no matter how it seems to to stumble us along, and, and it is important for us to talk about it, and it's important for us to name how difficult that is because for me personally, it took me forever to figure out who I was even praying for. Some people would pray to Jesus. Some people prayed to God. Some people prayed to the Holy Spirit, and I didn't know who I was supposed to be praying to. And it turns out any of those are fine. However you're praying to God, whatever names you use, uh, those all encapsulate all. Uh, So it's important for us to help claim that and declare that for people so they don't get too confused. Um, But the important thing for me about the Trinity is is this relationship, this unity, this balance that they have together, and how that exhibits for us how we should seek to be in relationship with others and with God, that we should seek unity as well. We should seek to love our neighbors as fully as we can, And as generously and as abundantly as we can. And to love God as fully as we can. And as generously and abundantly as we can. So don't trip over the math. Don't trip over the equation. Just lay claim to the fact that God, as God in God's fullness, is active in your life and loves you fully. And that you can claim that and live that out and share that love with others. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Sermon Podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at FUMCBentonville.org or on Venmo at FUMCBentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.